This is an exclusive presentation of WoWo 1190 AM and 107.5 FM, Unholstered. Here we go. It is time for another edition of Unholstered. I hope you're all having a fantastic weekend. Glad you're able to join us here on Unholstered. I am just one of your hosts. My name is Kayla Blakesley. I represent the local media side on this show. Good morning, everyone. My name is Sophia Rosales-Scatina. I am a captain with the Fort Wayne Police Department, and welcome back to the show. Sophia obviously represents the police side of this show. And if you've never tuned in before, first of all, shame on you. Second <laughs> of all, this show is all about uh, the stories and the conversations that just don't get told or had when it comes to law enforcement. And Sophia, um, I'm so excited about who we brought back in studio today for the topic that was kind of born out of last week's episode. Um, we were talking a lot about just laws and evidence and things that law enforcement can and cannot do because of certain policing laws. And it's kind of how all of that works. And it just kind of got my, my wheels turning a little bit to really get into the nitty gritty of that. I'll let you say who we brought in in just a couple of minutes. But before we do that, I just want to give a shout out to our listeners because they have been coming at us with so much content <laughs> as have. of late. Yeah. And, you know, I got to give it to them as well that they've been rather kind about it. Which doesn't always happen in this line of work. No, um, and I appreciate that, too. We appreciate idea topics that you send us, because sometimes, you know, you and I are both busy women. Yes, yes, we <laughs> and are. And to have some help and just kind of formulating a sh topic for a show is really helpful, and their letters are helpful. Yep. I mean, I want to know about the problems, too. Yep. It's not just about, tell me what I'm doing good. Tell me what I'm doing bad so I can fix that, or I can attempt to fix it um, within my department. I can't fix other cities. I can't fix other departments, but I can certainly work from the outside um, of the Fort Wayne Police Department, or from the inside of Fort Wayne Police Department, and, and change things if I can. So that's what I want to hear. If we have problems, I want to know, I want to address it, and then we'll move on from there. If you want to contact Sophia or I, you can text our text back line, 46862. You can email me personally, kblakesley at wobo.com. I know a lot of you already have. And plus, you can get caught up on any previous episodes uh, that we've already had by downloading the Unholstered podcast anywhere you can download a podcast. So, Sophia... To talk about laws and how they impact law enforcement in general, who did you bring back in? Well, I brought back in uh, my awesome mentor and boss, uh, W. Chief Mitch McKinney. <laughs> well, thanks for having me. I appreciate being back here again. My man, Mitch. Mitch I think you're one of um, the favorite guests that we have simply because of your voice. Everyone's awesome. always like, if, awesome. you, if this whole law enforcement thing doesn't work out, you've definitely got a career in radio. He right does. On. And I'll tell you this. We did a bourbon and bingo event this weekend. Mitch was the MC for it for the McMillan Health oh, nice. Center. And he did a fabulous job of like, this is like his second job away from here. Because he, he was funny. And he, he brought levity to the situation. And it was just a really good time. And if you didn't go, it was a sold out event. Um, but it was a wow. lot of fun. And uh, we uh, bought a table from the Fraternal Order of Police. Uh, because we do like to give back to this community, and especially for kids' things. Um, and we did buy that. And speaking of the Fraternal Order of Police, yes. which my man Mitch here is the president. I am the vice president of FOP Wayne Lodge 14. Um, I didn't know you were the VP. I, I first VP, president. yeah. Yes. I did not know that. Yes. <laughs> is this a new development? No, it's been oh, a few I mean, years. Okay. Well, my bad for just getting she's caught on, up. She's on second term. Yeah. Got uh, it's, okay. Got <laughs> it's okay. It's uh, okay. Like the regular VP, I don't do much. <laughs> but, I, but I don't mess stuff up. So and, and I will actually, say that. I got one up on, on You actually say some things other when you say yes. words, yes. for yes. sure. Um, but I just want to do a shout out because um, this is... We've done this for several years, but we, it's our annual Coats for Kids. 
and we assist the Christ Child Society who turns out coats, new coats, hats, gloves to school districts around Allen County. As the Fraternal Order of Police, we deliver those coats. Last week, it was 837. This week, it was how many? It's like 967. Yeah, so we're in the midst uh, of doing those. We do them every Wednesday. We do coat drop-offs at area schools. So schools put their orders in. These ladies fill them, box them, and we ship them out. You guys started already? It seems too early to be starting this. Yeah, well, the weather's breaking. You know, It's already been in the 30s in the morning, 40s, and kids don't have proper coats, so they can acquire those through their schools, and then we'll deliver them. So wait, okay, explain again where folks can drop off the coats. No, they don't get to drop them off. The Christ Child Society, they they handle all of the purchasing, sizing, okay. all that. They put your, uh, Parents can contact their schools, put their order in through the schools. I see. And then you deliver. And then we coat. just Correct. deliver That is coats. so cool. Yeah. How it's long have you guys fun. been doing that? Two years now we've helped them out because of the pandemic. They yeah. used to have the families come to them and they'd have the kids put the coats right. on. But when we had everything that was going on, I just offered, can we deliver those for you? And now that's where we are. Oh, my gosh. That's amazing. <laughs> wrangled in. But they're, they're an amazing organization. And, and I mean, if you go to their location where they do this, it's like a department store just full of coats. If they have a boys' section, they have a girls' section, and then you just buy a size, and you just go in there, and then they just pick them off and package them. Oh, that's them. fantastic. It is amazing. And they did such a good job at packaging and making sure all the schools are taken care of, making sure every kid that needs a coat gets a coat. Amen to that, yeah. for sure. What a great cause. How long yeah. does it go on for? All through October. So we start oh, the wow. last week of September, and then we go through every Wednesday in October we deliver, and we finish up that last week. I can't believe you're delivering eight, 900 coats a week. Yeah. That's a lot of coats. It's a, a lot, lot of coats. coats. So we have a lot of kids, and especially now with the, with the economy the way it is, parents are struggling, and we yeah. don't want oh, yeah. any child to go without proper attire for the weather one here more, in Indiana. One more time for the website. Uh, just parents just need to contact their schools. Uh, the school council should know about the program. Uh, just contact them and then they can get their orders in that way. All right. I want to move on. All really good stuff for sure. Uh, but like I said, kind of born out of last week's episode, we were kind of getting into the nitty gritty of some digital laws, trespassing laws, tracking laws, things like that, Sophia. And it kind of just got my wheels turning about how laws even work when it comes to law enforcement and mitch that's obviously why you are here today you are way more the expert on this topic um (laughs) than myself walk us through this i mean first and foremost because laws change constantly they change every year and how do you all even keep up with that so we have lobbyists with the state fraternal order police and we have a group of excellent attorneys down there who basically it's relationship building. Mm-hmm. They spend time in the state house and sometimes they have to go to Washington DC as well to make meetings there, especially with those folks that affect us here in Indiana. And they're constantly listening to law enforcement here in Indiana and we gather together what's happening with laws, looking and making sure we're relevant mm-hmm. with today. And then you build those relationships and you have to really push forward and make sure that we have authors for bills on our side. But then once those bills do pass though, let's say they go into law, how how does officer Sophia figure out what the law is or what does it mean or how to implement it? 
We have everything in the Fraternal Order Police. As session is going on, the Indiana General Assembly, we get updates all the time on what actions are happening with the laws, where they're going, how they're moving. And then once they become law, we get the new laws come to us first. So we get prosecutor updates that give us the breakdown of what's going to change. And all of those laws change July July 1st of the following year. Yeah, we also have like in-service where the prosecutor comes in. This is required hours of training that every officer in Indiana has to go through every year. So you have a set number of of hours you have to do. And most of the times, prosecutors will go in at that point and talk about new laws that are coming, what they want to see, what it entails, what we need to provide to them before an effective arrest can be made. Is it ever like, oh, I'm never going to remember this, or this is too much, I don't understand? Does that happen? That's the whole of policing right there. (laughs) I'm never going to understand. I don't know everything. But, you know, when it comes to the point of doing it, I think we have just been trained so well that it just comes a second nature. And, um, you know, and if we have to look it up, we all have a book. We can look it up. Um, And and some of the new laws, you know, the supervisors are really good. I know we both manage Southeast Quadrant. Our supervisors are are great. And we make sure that they understand if they have questions, they're, they're very understanding that they don't know everything. I don't know everything. I mean, I know it might seem like on this show I know a lot, but I <laughs> don't know. I don't know everything. So some things I have to look up, and they're not afraid to ask questions, and that's what we want to see, people asking questions and getting it right. I think one of the most frustrating things about being a police officer would be having to enforce a law that you don't believe in or don't agree with. Has that happened for either one of you? Well, of course it does. But once it becomes law, that is our profession, mm-hmm. law enforcement. We look at it. We know the elements. We check the situation and we have to make arrests if need be. So we lose our, our right at the time for opinions. Yeah. It's not opinion time. The, it became state law. And that is our job to follow that and enforce that. You know, you run into it a lot. And especially it's, you know, people get in situations. Sometimes it's caused by poverty. Sometimes it's just caused by hopelessness, helplessness, and they get into situations where you know that this is not who they are, Mm -hmm. but at the same time, you do have a job to do. And that's where it really kind of gets you in the guts. Oh, I just, Um, just ripped me apart. You know, one bad mistake someone makes does not make the person. That's exactly right. You know, so everyone makes mistakes, officers included. And we've had, you've seen in the paper, we've had some make them. Mm-hmm. Um, but I believe that everyone deserves a little bit of grace. My, doesn't mean I'm not going to arrest you because I have to. But um, it doesn't mean I think you're a bad person or that you are a bad person. You shouldn't think that about yourself. It's what you do after that makes the difference. It's more defining. Right. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Mitch, I mean, you're talking about obviously you have some lobbyists and you kind of got your, your ear to the ground in terms of laws that are changing or developing or maybe being pursued but that, where does that come from do you do you get that from the community do you get that from departments that say hey this isn't working uh, or you know city officials that say hey we need to do something about you know x y and z where does all of that come from it comes from all over you're hitting all of the networks where it comes from and the biggest thing for us is that as law enforcement officers we again we stay relevant with it and we stay right in front of it so as laws uh, get past the, the prior year, and especially this year being an election year, coming after an election yeah. year, when it's a major election year and laws get passed, then there's laws that may have died in committee the year before, and here they come. Oh, so geez. like 
right now the big buzz is legalization of marijuana. Mm-hmm. That's the big thing because we had the uh, constitutional carry, and then we had the Roe v. Wade, and all that is really the dust has settled on that for the most part. But now you'll see, and that legalization of marijuana is going to be in the forefront of this coming up session, and you're already hearing the buzz about it. And so that's just things we have to look for because for us. Now that's going to change a lot of dynamics. If a law passes that way, that changes another dynamic in law enforcement if if things pass, things that we are so used to doing, and we have to be in tune to make sure we're not violating anybody's constitutional rights. That's the important part Mm -hmm. is stay, make sure that you're studying the law so that you're not violating anybody's constitutional rights. And just so, you know, listeners are aware if I feel that the speed limit just hypothetically needs to be changed, you know, from 35 to 45 in rural areas or whatnot, I don't go to you, the deputy chief with the Portland Police Department with oh, that no. complaint. Please right. no. Well, I think <laughs> I wish I had that power. Right. Uh, right. Sometimes, sometimes. But I just think it's important for people to realize who they do need to contact, citizens, civilians, in terms of wanting to change laws or make new laws either their house rep or their senator Mm -hmm. even if it's a city ordinance that's affected your city council you know that's one thing when we go through and do community relations which we're in charge of as well I challenge people all the time. Who is your city council person? You did this to me, and I didn't know when you did it. <laughs> and, right, right? and, and they still don't know. And I, affect, I tell folks, you have people who are put in place to help you understand yeah. how the cities run and how to better help yourselves in your own neighborhood. Same happens with laws. Right. Need to know who your representatives are. Need to know who your senators are. And stay in tune by going to indianageneralassembly.gov, and they can get all that real time right now mm-hmm. and they can follow those those bills as they go through what about as as i mean sophia you're a captain mitch you're a deputy chief what about the laws ever come across and, and you're like this this needs to be changed do you have any power or say or has that even ever happened where you where you like we need to do something about this this just is not right for me, it's just the adjustment. So whatever comes out, we have to adjust. And then that's the type of lobbying that we do with our attorneys. So we get together and we have those discussions like statewide. We have several meetings on the state level of Fraternal Order Police where you have separate meetings with our political action committee. Hmm. So they send out things to us and say, hey, this is what's coming down the pike. You all need to know about this. What do you think about this? And then we send all that back centrally to our PAC committee. We have representatives in all four quadrants and in central Indiana. And they get together and then they they put together notifications for us. And then that way we know what the pulse of the state is so we understand what's happening. Do you find that you're all usually on the same page? Yes, I do. I I really do. My only um, input to that would be is when they're author when they're authoring these these new laws and I have no problem with laws changing that kind of thing but I I wish they would convene or have some kind of committee of law enforcement people to have input on some of these things hmm. some, cuz sometimes it's really hard to understand like where is this coming from yeah. I mean to get a better understanding of that and then the, the impact that some of these laws have because when we're looking at different laws changing there's been a lot of change to domestic laws domestic violence. Um, And the impact to law enforcement is time. And all of us are strained with personnel and time. There's just not enough time. We can't answer the streets because our officers are out for hours sometimes on these arrests because everything has gone from a felony or misdemeanor level to almost a felony. 
which takes an, an extra amount of time that we don't have. And then I'm not saying that it's not, that shouldn't be, that's not, don't take that from what I'm saying, but I just wish we would talk about these things and they would talk with actual law enforcement personnel who are actually in the field doing it and get our input on this before they do like, it. Wouldn't you think that's like, duh, a no-brainer uh, to actually talk to the people that are doing it? Uh, you would think, but I, I don't know, because sometimes they come out and I'm like, oh, that's that's not gonna work. Or yeah. How is that gonna work? Um, and just the to get inside, here, yeah. yeah, the logistics side of this law. And I'm not saying that the laws aren't necessary because they are. I, I detest domestic violence, but but at the same time, I'm also as a as a commander worried about my people on the street and yeah. the calls are getting answered. So, and this this is like this throughout the state and throughout the nation. We're just suffering in the in the numbers for police personnel. So, um, those kinds of things really affect us on on a big level um, and I wish we could just be at the at the forefront of that and just in the discussion phase you bring up domestic I know last week on the show we talked a lot about digital and that world just fascinates me in general yeah. hard to keep up with yeah, the technology yeah, changes so rapidly that's the thing too and then I, I you know as you say it Mitch every July 1 the laws changed and you know we all know that but what if I mean you desperately need a law and you need it enacted now I go back to this digital tracking that Sophia and I were talking about we we're talking about Apple tags and how Men are sneaking them underneath women's cars and plopping them in their purses and tracking them to their homes. And it's like, well, we can't really do anything about it because the law says X, Y, and Z. I mean, I just, to me, I think some of it's outrageous and I, I wish it was changed and changed now. Is there any way to impact change much sooner than waiting for the year cycle? Our enforcement is what helps that. So we as law enforcement have to look at what the law says, what's happening out there, and then look and see within the parameter of the laws, should we change how we are approaching the enforcement hmm. of certain laws? So there's this directed patrol. So there are certain things that we look at and we direct our people, say, hey, this is, this is escalating. This crime is escalating. I need you to direct your efforts towards this, and here's the law that you're going to use to affect that if hmm. you have to make an arrest. So you might have to get a little more creative. Well, you do, that? and you educate yourself. I mean, we have to constantly educate ourselves on the laws because the law book is huge. It's huge. Yeah. A lot I'm to go Sophia, Mitch, I want to put her to the test. I want you to bring it in someday and just like whip it open and be like, tell me about this one. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. you should start your show by holding it about a foot up and drop it on the panel so people can hear it. So how'd you bring yeah. it in? That'd be because... an epic fail for me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Unless there's certain ones. There's certain ones you just do all the time. And then right. there's other ones that are just like, oh, I don't You're have like, no man, idea what that is. Yeah. You just have to. And, and it's, you know, that's what we're here for. Yeah. And a lot of times when laws are being made, you know, it's, it's easy for us as law enforcement to complain but we work for the people mm -hmm. and that's what we have to realize all the time my badge says city of fort wayne it doesn't have my name on it and so we work for the people you know however the people need to realize like sophia said how difficult our job is with a few people that yeah. we have and when we come out here we need the community support to make sure that they understand the laws too following the laws is what makes our job that much easier and what's what helps us in community relations to build the relationships that we do every day yeah because understand you know in the city of Fort Wayne, there's like 270,000 people. We have like 400 or 470 officers for 270,000 people. people yeah. So that's not a lot. We should be higher. Um, but again, like everyone else, we're struggling to find mm -hmm. good recruits. And, and it's not like we can just hire anyone because this, this job is demanding and it requires a lot of mental toughness, a lot of ability to learn about ability, you know, physical fitness. Um, it just, you have to have emotional health here. And, you know, we're finding as, as we're going along in the years is like, 
we're missing some of that as the newer generation comes up. And yeah. I don't know where that disconnect is. I, I, I have my thoughts and theories, but I don't know where it's coming from. Um, but we're going to have to address it. Um, we're still finding really good people. We're, we've hired some really good people out of this last class. They're all doing great. They're in their fourth month, I believe, of oh, wow. field training. All of them are doing a great job. So we're, we're lucky in that regard. And, we, and we're lucky because we have our own academy here. So we can instruct these kids yeah. how we do it here. Yeah, It's not a general education. This is a very specific Fort Wayne application. How do, when it comes to just, you know, laws and policing, how do they collide with other states? How does that work? As far as, like, colliding, you say, like, like conflicting. And yeah. That. yeah, so if you end up crossing over into a jurisdiction, you know, that arrest still belongs to Indiana, okay. you know, if it goes there. So other other jurisdictions will assist, and it just depends. When we cross over a jurisdiction, now they may be violating a law in their jurisdiction, and we just have to sort that out, hmm. right? So the original reason why I'm, like, pursuing somebody doesn't change. You know, I still have that. But you just work it out together, you know? Yeah. And Does that get messy? Um, it probably could, could. depending on <laughs> yeah. depending on personalities, right. I suppose. Yeah. Um, but you know, when you talk about conflicting, um, we'll use the constitutional carry. Yeah, it's kind well, exactly. of a, a thing because yeah. we have it here, but that doesn't mean every state has it, and that you're allowed that your rights from Indiana go into another state because the state's rights they get to decide what they want for their state. So you have to have knowledge of the laws if you're traveling, um, whatever you're doing. Um, taking that one for instance. You know, we talked about battery, of assault and battery. Mm -hmm. Some people have assault and battery. We don't have an assault charge here. It's just a battery charge. Um, they may have threats charge that they can place on someone. We don't really have any kind of, you can threaten people to kick someone's butt if, if you want to. Doesn't mean it's arrestable. <laughs> right. Um, until you make a substantial move to do that. So you just got to understand that law enforcement isn't TV yeah. and just because you see it on SVU. Amen. I feel like we say that every week here on this show. Doesn't mean right. it's actual yeah. law or anything that we do here in law enforcement. Mitch, how did you get into or become the president of the Fraternal Order of Police? For, <laughs> I mean, I know you're such a busy guy already and I'm trying to figure out how or why that you know evolved. So when I became a sergeant, um, a sergeant at the time, um, asked me to fill in for a second vice president position that was open in the lodge. And then I, I just started talking to those who were already in the executive council. And uh, I looked and I could see the flaws like of the setup of mm -hmm. how things were operating. And I wasn't going to stay on the board operating that way and so my mom always says I'm never happy unless I'm running it mm -hmm. so <laughs> I ran that year and now this is my sixth term unopposed oh wow yeah he's a great president I mean and, and the thing about Mitch is he's a doer yeah. he doesn't just talk about oh, a yeah. problem. I feel like you learned that about Mitch like five minutes into chicken. yeah <laughs> I mean it's great let's yeah. talk about what the problem is let's identify it, and then let's, let's find solutions mm -hmm. let's mm -hmm. and let's implement those it's it's one thing to talk about solutions like, yeah that'd be a great thing to do we, he does them yeah and that's that's what I love about him, and that's why I love working for him because you know he's a doer, and so am I. We're action takers. We just let's get this done. We can fail. That's okay. Right. Failures failure is great. Yeah. Right. It teaches us so much, but we're never going to get ahead if we don't try things. And that's what I love about him. He lets me fail all the time yeah. <laughs> with ideas. He lets me run with stuff. Hey, I think this. Okay, go ahead. And I get stuff done, and I, most of the time they work out. Sometimes they don't. 
and that's okay. Yeah, but at least you tried, right? I tried. That's, yeah. that's yeah. trying right. to right. the problem. At least you tried and you know. Yeah. Exactly how right. how important is like a local chapter of the FOP to communities? Again, not even just here in Fort Wayne and Allen County, but just around the country. It is extremely important because like we're getting ready to launch our Cops for Kids program. It's our shopping program we've done for over 40 years here. And so we're target focused on uh, other organizations that have families that are just struggling, you know, so we work with Salvation Army, we work with the YWCA, we work with Parkview Cancer Institute, um, you know, and we, it's so important that you have that relationship with your community and number one for our officers that they have legal defense fund. So we offer a hmm. legal defense fund where the same attorneys that lobby, that. they lobby, you know, at the state house are the same attorneys who work day in, day out to make sure they're protecting the rights of law enforcement officers in case they have some kind of an incident where they need an attorney present. So can any officer be a part of the FOP? Any Anybody wearing a badge in Allen County can join the okay. Fraternal Order Police. And it's, say, it's the same with any county um, in Indiana. So for 2016 to 2020, I was a state executive officer, and I had the 16 counties in Northeast Indiana. There's 14 lodges in those 16 counties. Gotcha. And so I would go to all the different places and speak with them, but it could be like for us, we have Allen County Sheriff's Department, New Haven, we have Monroe We've got Purdue, Woodburn. obviously us, Woodburn, you know, everybody's here. Jeez, you don't even think of all the, wow. Yeah, the Correct. You know, Parkview Police yeah. can be part of it as well. And what folks don't realize, we have an associate lodge as well for anybody who's connected to law enforcement, family members, friends, and especially our confinement officers, our dispatchers, our reserve officers, they can join for a minimal cost and get the same legal defense fund that a full time officer hmm. can have because they're our backbone. They're our support. We can't do our jobs without our confinement officers, without our dispatchers. We just can't. The reserve unit for Allen County, they support the support group for them, gotcha. but they're doing the same job. Gotcha. They're doing the same That's job. pretty cool. I had no idea. How lucky are we to have one, too, right here yeah. in Allen County? I've only got like 60 seconds. We're up against the <laughs> clock. What did we miss or what am I missing when it comes to, you know, laws impacting law enforcement and or even about the FOP? The most important thing for me is having communication with your local law enforcement yeah. officers. We build relationships every but day. But the show's all about, Mitch. That's, that's right. right. We, that's we right. build relationships every day, and that's the most important part for me. So tell an officer thank you when you see them yeah. and have those conversations. We have to bring our front porches back to Fort Wayne. Amen to that. And for me, it's just knowing who the right person to talk to about a certain situation is. So if it's not me to argue about what the law is, is the like or don't like, that's for your Congress people, your mm -hmm. senators, your state senators, and your representatives on city council. Which is another reason why the midterms, which are upon us, are yeah. also so very important for people to be pay paying attention to and right. to following. If you've missed any previous episodes of Unholstered, particularly the episode that inspired this one, we just had it last week, uh, you can download the Unholstered podcast anywhere you download a podcast. Plus, you can obviously tune in right here on WoWo 1190 AM or 107.5 FM every weekend to catch Unholstered here on the radio. Your town, your team, your topics. This is Unholstered. Thanks for listening to Unholstered. Be sure to subscribe to us on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you listen. And remember, you can listen every Saturday morning at 1030 on WoWo 1190 and 1075 FM. Podcasts by Federated Media.